This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Welcome to United Nations Tuesday, known as Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80. Don't forget about some tune in. Always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio with my man Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Goldman. So no Nick Chubb for the rest of the season. That disastrous, dazzling knee injury happening in the loss last night to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Browns quarterback, knows they're going to miss him, but... You know, I know he don't have a C on his, on his jersey, but, you know, he, he's a captain. He's a, he's a leader. He's the definition of this, of this team, of this city, of this organization. And um, we got a lot of... We got some holes to fill for him. Um, but I think Jerome and those guys are going to, you know, step up and, you know, take the challenge and... Um, you know, we got to you got to really you know bring along, not just from the running back position, but my position as a leader, as a quarterback, and um, just as a whole as a team. You know, we got a, a lot of holes to fill. You know, while he's while he's away. So um, I mean, it's even tough to even speak on it. You know, I just want to just keep praying for him and his family, and um, just hopefully he, you know, we get the best outcome for him. Let's bring in the FOS friend of the show. He's Aaron Goldhammer. Does a great job. Part of ESPN Radio in Cleveland. Hit him on Twitter, Hammer Nation 19 Aaron, you heard that last night. What is the feeling in that city? Knowing that Deshaun Watson better step up after the Nick Chubb injury last night versus Pittsburgh. Well, guys, it feels like a nightmare. It was a Monday nightmare football for the city of Cleveland. Um, Nick Chubb means so much to the fans here. The Browns have been nothing but dysfunctional since 1999. And he represents everything that's good about him. He's hardworking. He doesn't celebrate or go crazy after touchdowns. He sort of embodies what the city is. And and beyond that, he's just a phenomenal player. So I know most teams, if you lose your starting running back, you pick up another guy and you keep moving forward. Um, For Cleveland, that was a serious gut punch, and it was a brutal injury last night. And it's left us wondering, you know, not just is it the last time he plays this year. Obviously it is. But if that's the last carry Nick Chubb will ever have in his Browns career, and that's just really sad. So while we know we got 15 games to go and the Browns are one and one and they got to get Watson going, today is a little bit of a day of mourning uh, in the midst in the midst of uh, of September. And Aaron, I would say this when you look at the Browns and if there's one thing that has been consistent and positive for this Browns organization, it has been Nick Chubb year in and year out. Uh, since the moment he stepped foot in Cleveland. Now, how does this Nick Chubb injury change the pressure at the quarterback position for Deshaun Watson? A lot. Um, Look, but he's a $230 million quarterback, so, like, he needs to play a lot better than he's played, and he needs to play like a top-five quarterback to be worth that money. But I think that Chubb was the Browns' safety net. He was the security blanket. If nothing else was working, You know, they go into Pittsburgh last night. Watson's a little rattled. You know, it's night game. They're playing renegade. You know, play that on a white boy Wednesday. There you go, Aaron. (laughs) There you go. go. Lean into it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, and they needed to settle things down. And so what do they do? They give the ball to really the best running back in football. Um, And now you can't do that. So while I think Jerome Ford is a nice player, I think now Watson has to be great for the Browns to go anywhere, and they have a really good defense. I think they've played through two weeks like one of the best defenses in the league, Mm -hmm. but to get them to 25 points a game, they're going to need Deshaun Watson to step up, stop turning the ball over, and complete more passes for yards and touchdowns. 
Aaron Goldhammer, ESPN Radio in Cleveland, Hammer Nation 19. This is Handle on Twitter, joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. What does your gut tell you, Aaron, about if or not that can happen with Deshaun Watson doing that in place of Nick Chubb? Freddie, I would say I'm worried. Um, I, I don't know that I'm in full-on panic mode yet, but, like, it was easy to excuse kind of a weak performance from Watson last year because, you know, six games dropped down in the middle of the season, blah, blah, blah. In week one, it was one of the wettest games in the history of Brown Stadium. And Joe Burrow also played like crap. So I think it was easy to excuse that. Okay, there you could blame the weather. Last night was a perfect night to throw the ball. He had receivers open. He was totally rattled by the Steelers' pass rush. Some Browns fans might want to blame, you know, the offensive line, the play calling, whatever. You know, you you turn the ball over four times. You throw a pick six on the first play. And the last score is a fumble that gets returned for a touchdown. I mean, I, I felt at one point, to tell you my confidence in him, Freddie, I looked over to my broadcast partner, uh, Tony Rizzo, here at ESPN Cleveland, and I, we were in the press box, and I said, hey, man, I kind of feel like they ought to go to the water boy offense, <laughs> where they just where they start taking a knee and punting, because the best way they can run out the clock is with Kenny Pickett and the Steelers having the ball. And the only chance the Steelers have to score is if they do it on defense. And lo and behold, that's exactly how Pittsburgh went and won the game. That's hardly a sign of confidence in your quarterback when you want to go to the water boy offense. Well, and, and that's funny you say that because me and Freddie touched on that a little bit to start the show, right? how the Pittsburgh Steelers didn't have any red zone trips. And you look at the 80-something plays to the 50-something plays that the Browns had to the Steelers and also the yardage and difference. But when you turn the football over, not it's already bad when you turn the football over, but when it gets returned for touchdowns, mm. yeah. your chances of winning those football games are very, very slim. Now, Jerome Ford, someone that I covered when he was at Cincinnati, I thought he did a phenomenal job in college. I thought he came in and did a phenomenal job last night. Uh, yes. warranting the circumstances that went on, but he's now going to be RB1. What should they do in, 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 in the manner of bringing another running back in? You still have Kareem Hunt that's out there that was once previously with the football team. Also sure. Cam Akers, who the Los Angeles Rams are trying to figure out what they're going to do with him. What, what do you feel like they should do at that position? Boy, this has gone from a real position of strength to the Browns, uh, for the Browns to a position where they really need somebody. I think the idea of them trading for Jonathan Taylor is insane. They already, you know, are pot committed a bit to Chubb. Right. Um, and they'd love to see him come back and be successful. So they don't want to give Taylor a long-term contract either. Um, and so that just feels like you're, you're setting up a similar situation to what's already going on in Indianapolis. I don't understand why the Browns would give up assets there. But I think if Cam Akers was to hit the street, I think the Browns would be interested. And then I also think that Kareem Hunt has to come back up on their radar. Now, I know that there was some bad blood. He wanted a contract extension. He didn't get it. He played through injuries. The Browns didn't like the way he played and thought that he had lost a step. But desperate times call for desperate measures. And I'm curious if there will be a call to his agent. You know, there's got to be a reason why, Harry, it's week two mm -hmm. coming on week three, and he's still on the street. Zeke signed. Dalvin Cook signed. All these other guys found teams. Was he asking for too much money? Is he not healthy? 
what's going on that he can't get a job, I think, is something the Browns got to get to the bottom of before they make that decision. No, I think that's something that me and Freddie were questioning today yeah. earlier as well because you're talking about a guy that's not just a guy that you can hand the football off to, but a guy that you can utilize in the pass game. And someone who understands and knows this offense and was with this team the last four years, so you would think that yeah. – he would be the first guy on their radar. But you mentioned it was some bad blood uh, when he left the team. So I don't know how that's going to go moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, 30 seconds left. Aaron Goldhammer, ESPN Cleveland, joining Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Is there any time when you can say it's the right time to say that maybe this is not going to work with Deshaun Watson, despite all that money being the Browns quarterback? I mean, I'm not there yet. Obviously, that's the elephant in the room with Browns fans that they're worried about. You know, and we had some fans this morning call up and say, hey, Baker Mayfield's 2-0, you know. What would their record be? Right, right. So, um, here's what I think is going to happen. If Watson doesn't play well this year, Kevin Stefanski is going to get fired. And then they're going to bring in a new coach to try to fix Deshaun Watson. So Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Watson, yes, Watson will at least be the quarterback, guys, until the end of next year. The one weird thing that could change it, the Browns have this promising rookie. I'm just saying keep an eye on this. Right. Dorian Thompson-Robinson on their bench. And if Watson were to get hurt and Robinson, Thompson-Robinson were to get in and play well, that's the only thing that could shake that up. Uh, other than that, to me, I think, like the Broncos with Russ Wilson, I think they're really committed to Watson here, not just for the rest of this year, but probably all of next year, too. Uh, uh, hey, Aaron, always appreciate you catching up with us and letting us know what's going on. Can't wait to talk to you soon, brother. Take care and be well. Thank you, guys. Oh, the t- fantastic Aaron Goldham and FOS friend of the show from ESPN Radio in Cleveland. Always hit him up on Twitter at HammerNation19. Joining Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas, part of Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Speaking of the Cleveland Browns and going for it out, Nick Chubb. Nam in Indiana was the weigh-in on this. Now what he got to say at 888-729-3776. Uh, hey, guys. Really love your show. Appreciate but, you. Yeah, when are you guys going uh, to change the narrative on, on Deshaun Watson? In terms of what way? For, what, what's, what's changing the so, narrative? I mean, there, there, there's a constant discussion about how much money he's, been, he's making on his contract. Mm-hmm. And, but, then, but then when, um, when it comes to talking about the game, it's almost as if you use a completely different standard with him than you do with, for example, Joe Burrow and – Justin Herbert and uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. If if they, for example, don't have their running back, or they don't have their tight end, Travis Kelsey, or they don't have their wide receiver, you blame it on the circumstances rather than on the player. But when it comes to Deshaun Watson, when it comes to Lamar Jackson, if they don't have their weapons, you blame it on the player. Well, hold on a second. Stay right there now for a second. We have not done that. At least I haven't done it with Lamar Jackson. I said for the longest time that he's needed more weapons in Baltimore, and the Baltimore Ravens can't just rely on him to run him and throw, run them and throw them out of trouble. So I've always been fair when it comes to Lamar Jackson. And with Deshaun Watson, it's a different narrative in terms of now he has to be the guy with no Nick Chubb. And we've also been fair, me and Harry, by saying – He's been out of the NFL for more than a minute. This is not something you can yep. just flip on a switch overnight and you expect Deshaun Watson to be Deshaun Watson the last time we saw him on the field being an elite quarterback when he's with the Houston Texans. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think a lot of people have been giving me grief about because I brought that up and just trying to get people to understand that it doesn't work like that. When you're away from the game for so long and you're trying to get back – 
boom, the last time we seen Deshaun Watson was in 2020. He was the number one quarterback in the National Football League, completing 70% of his passes, single-digit interceptions, and playing at a very, very high level. So to just think, just because he's getting $230 million, and I understand that's what the Cleveland Browns are paying him, that he's going to be that guy right now is, is insane to me. I have two comments about that because your question was was very illustrative, but I'm not sure <laughs> it's word. the right question. I, I'm I'm one, oh, <laughs> I'm wondering whether the right question is actually is it time for his team to get him real weapons, right? Because how can he be the man if he doesn't have the weapons? Do we ask Patrick Mahomes to be the man if he doesn't have weapons? No, we don't. We ask the team to get him weapons. And but, right but, now, but my the rebuttal, only person that he has as wide receiver is, is Amari Cooper. My rebuttal to it. that, but my rebuttal to that would be in 2020, he had Will Fuller, he had Brandy Cooks. Um, is Amari Cooper better than those receivers that I just mentioned? Well, I mean, but we're talking about now. We're okay. not talking about two, three years, no, four but, years but, before. But, 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 I, but right? I use that as an example because that's when we seen Deshaun Watson as the best quarterback in the National Football League. And he didn't have the up. DeAndre Hopkins wasn't on the uh, Deshaun Watson's team in 2020. He, he wasn't there at that, at that moment. So he, Deshaun Watson made it work, right? So, but he th- was this, at one point on his team. So we, we have to assume – that a good quarterback, regardless of how amazing they are as an individual, it's, it's a team sport. Okay, well, the, the, there, the, there is, the, the, now to counter your argument, I remember a certain guy named Tyree Kill not being with Patrick Mahomes last year. They won a Super Bowl, and he had pedestrian wide receivers. He was able to raise their level. Oh, uh, he didn't have – they weren't pedestrian. <laughs> yes. Well, hold on a second. If you're trying, no, you're trying to tell me that Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling, also along with um, Nicole Hardman and also Juju Smith-Schuster, those guys are pedestrian, the guy that many people regard as the best wide receiver in football when it comes to Tyreek Hill. There's no doubt about that. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they should have the best wide receivers. I'm saying that they should have wide receivers that – that that have an experience receiving more than 300 yards in a season. Hey, no, nah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good political stuff moving the goalposts. <laughs> <laughs> you move the goalposts in the middle of the conversation, <laughs> literally. That was pretty good. I can't, I can't debate him on that one. That was pretty good moving that goalpost when it comes to that. Either way, by the way, Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman, thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. No matter what, whether you're Daniel Jones without Saquon Barkley, no matter what, when you're Deshaun Watson without Nick Chubb, you're going to have to be that dude now because those two guys are not going to be there. Saquon for the next three weeks, Nick Chubb and Aaron Goldhammer from ESPN Radio in Cleveland. He said that may have been the last time we see that guy in the football field. More than ever before, if you're running back in the National Football League, if you don't feel like you're an endangered species, these two instances clearly let you know that, hey, we're not going to get what we want no matter what. But what can we do about it when the season is over? I seen Lamar Jackson, you know, win an MVP award with not the weapons. <laughs> Literally. No, I'm I good, see, though. He I, moved the goalposts. I, goal I also see Lamar Jackson the last two years in 2021 had the number one seed in the AFC <laughs> You're not letting this without go, those you? weapons. And in 2022, they had the number one seed in the AFC North. So I'm trying to understand. I seen Joe Burrow without an offensive line get sacked nine times in one game. <laughs> History tells you you have no business winning that football game. Uh, you know what it is? It, I love the fact that people will support Deshaun Watson. I don't root against Deshaun Watson. Me I don't either. root against Daniel Jones. I know those dudes are going to be up against, especially Deshaun Watson in that division in a loaded AFC where it is just quarterback friendly no matter who's playing well or who not, who's not playing well. But 
when you have a quarterback along those lines, and we've seen him do that before, and now you have a $230 million price tag next to his name of Deshaun Watson, people don't want to hear that Nick Chubb is not there. When it comes to Daniel Jones, people don't want to hear that Saquon Barkley is not there. They look at both of those guys and say, they decided that you were going to be the guys. What are you going to do about it in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson and in New York with Daniel Jones? And, Freddie, I would say this. For anybody that think that I don't want Deshaun Watson to have success on a football field, I understand the off-the-field thing. But when it comes to on the football field, this is a guy that was our ball boy when I was playing with uh-huh. the Atlanta Falcons for year after year after year. So to think that I don't want him to have success on the football field is, is kind, kind of crazy. <laughs> not kind of crazy. That's like, that's, a, that's like being kind of pregnant. Either it is or it's not. <laughs> Just putting it out there. It's one or the other. Either you're not or you are when it comes to something like that. I just can't wait to see how this is going to go. I really can't wait. Yeah, me too. I, I want to see exactly if you're Deshaun Watson, if you're Daniel Jones, because for the first time, this let's be honest, for the first time in Deshaun Watson's career, every eye is going to be upon him in his NFL life. Winning national championships with Clemson, that was a nice, that was nice, that was a great story. But now people are like, okay, you, you kept telling us, hey, Cleveland, you told us this is the guy we want. This is the guy we believe in. Baker Mayfield was not bad for us, but not good enough. We believe to be a championship team. We need a guy that we believe has championship ability. All right, now we're going to find out. Because no matter what he has or does not have, it is now incumbent upon him to raise that level. It is incumbent upon him to raise his level. Because if he's not able to, there's going to be a lot more questions than answers. And nobody's going to have to be able to use the excuse of he's been out of football for X amount of years or X amount of games. They're going to say, look, you had a whole year. You know the offense. The offense is around you. You better figure it out or you're going to have to answer a lot of questions and not just the song Deshaun Watts with the Cleveland Browns. And I will say this on the Daniel Jones front of things. Do you have a game Thursday night versus the team that a lot of people feel like is going to come out of the NFC? So you go out there and you put on a hell of a performance versus that defense versus that team in which a lot of people speak very highly of. You can change conversations about you at the quarterback position, not only for your organization, but across the National Football League as well. No doubt about that. Keep weighing in on Twitter at HDouglas83 and at Coleman ESPN. Don't forget the phone number as well. Committed to memory, part of the Freddie and Harry hotline at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. With Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. We're going to get to a little real or not real when it comes to NFL teams that are either 2-0 or 0-2. Bill Parcells once said, your record tells that's who you are. We may disagree on that. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> that's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. 
Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for being a part of it and allowing it to be a part of you. It is Freddie and Harry. You got Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. So we're going to get to the real of these 2-0 and teams. How real are they? Or maybe they're just paper tigers. We bring in Shannon Penn. He's going to give us a little flow underneath them, and he's going to throw teams at us. And Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas will let you know if we believe that they're, yeah, they're 2-0, and that's for real, or that's just a paper mache kind of 2-0. and Shannon Penn, the floor is yours. I'm Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. And, Freddie, as you mentioned there in the tease before we went to break, Bill Parcells famously said, you are what your record says you are. So mm-hmm. we're about to find out right now. So, Harry, I will start with you. The <laughs> Washington Commanders sitting at 2-0. and Real or not real? Um, I'm going to go with not real right now because of we're still, we still have those questions about Sam Howell, how he's going to be able to be throughout an entire season. But also when I look at the opponents that they've played, they played the Arizona Cardinals and also the Denver Broncos. And they were down versus Denver, but found a way to come out, come back and win that game. I think I'm more real on Eric Bieniemy mm-hmm. as an offensive coordinator when it comes to the Washington Commanders and also that defensive line that they have. I should be morally opposed rooting for anybody that's connected with the Washington Commanders franchise, but I'm with you by Eric Bieniemy. He's proven that he's real. Now, that Washington Commanders football team, yeah, the jury is still out. Although I will say that Sam Howell thoroughly was out playing Russell Wilson. For three and three quarters of that game on Sunday with them being 2-0. and I know that defense is legit, and Chase Young coming back is really going to help that front four get after the quarterback, but I'm with you. At 2-0, and it's nice, but it's not real, real when it comes to Washington Commanders. But let me, let me tell you about Sam Howell. Okay. The next two weeks, we'll know some stuff because they go against the Bills and they have the Eagles after that. Okay. So we got to revisit this. We're going to have to revisit this. We'll, if they're still undefeated. Yeah, That's if they're yeah, still undefeated. We'll see if he's sudden Sam or silent Sam in a couple of weeks. No <laughs> doubt about that. Shannon, what you got? Son of Sam. All right, moving on. <laughs> Next team on the list, Freddie. Excuse me. The, At- <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons, Freddie. How real are the Falcons? They're not real yet. I like what I've seen. The running game is legit with Algier mm-hmm. and B. John Robinson. And Desmond Ritter is going to continue to grow into that and the defense making plays all over the place. I guess I want to see a little bit more. I'm not going to give him the whole buzzer routine like a certain guy who's shower main name is Devin Kane Giants fan who's in charge of those kind of things. So I'm going to say they're not real, but they're not as they're not as not legit as people want to think about the Atlanta Falcons. 
Yeah, I'm going to say this is a team I think the last two years showed a lot of promise without having, you know, the personnel to do it because of the cap hell they were in. They were able to this season bring in some free agents, and we've already seen within those two two uh, games that they've won, yeah. those guys really step up. Also, B. John Robinson is one of the best in the league right now at making people miss and just being explosive and being that dude. I think they have an opportunity at some point to be real. So I'm not just going to put that on them right now because there's a lot I still want to see from Desmond Ritter. The same with the Washington Commanders. There's some things that I want to see with Desmond Ritter as well moving forward. I was not expecting that. I'm honest really? with you. No, but, 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 but I got to keep, keep it real, though. I got to be an analyst, and I got to keep it real. I understand that the Falcons are my team, but I do know still some of the challenges that, that face this team. So I got to make sure I keep it real with the people. Harry, you so disappointed Shannon Penn and Devin King because they couldn't wait to just buzz you out, I know make fun could. of you and all that. When you kept it real like that, they don't know what to do. They, <laughs> like, they, <laughs> see that? They, <laughs> 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 I love it. I love it. Jesus. All right, the next team on the list, Harry, the Dallas Cowboys, 2-0. Real or not real? How real are them boys? No, I think the Dallas Cowboys are real, and I think one of the best things that happened to them so far up until this point has been Mike McCarthy taking over things because I think he's just a step ahead within his play calling, allowing Dak to have enough time at the line of scrimmage. Also, and I hate using this word, but protecting Dak in a a, a sense and letting him understand that, hey, our defense is the real deal. Right. Don't lose us the football game. So I'm going to go real with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, what he said, let's move on. It'll be overkill if I add to that. For all the things you said and nothing more. That's it. Even the two teams that they've played so far, you you that high on them, Freddie? Yeah, because you look at I don't you can look at the opponent and that's fair. But I look what they've done to those two opponents. No. They looked at a Giants team and they beat the blood out of them. Well, th- they are who they thought they were, right. and, and they treated them as such. Exactly. So that's what you're supposed to do right. to them. So was, they didn't play around with them. Right. It wasn't a close game against the Giants. They ran away and hit. At the only time the Giants won was the coin toss. And also that first drive. After that, they didn't win a damn thing versus the yep. Cowboys. And the Cowboys and the Jets and say, oh, no Aaron Rodgers? You got that fool back there, quarterback, and Zach Wilson? <laughs> good, good, good. And they took care of that team. <laughs> Th- that defense is really good for the Jets. And at times, they had them on skates the majority of that game. So, yeah, you can look at the opponents and who they played and offensive line issues, but they beat the fool out of two teams that should have beaten the fool out of. By a count of 70 to 10 was all said and done. There's no question the Cowboys are legit. A little real or not real when it comes to the 2-0 teams in the National Football League with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Saving you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Do yourself a favor and visit Progressive.com. All right, Freddie, next team on the list. Real or not real, how real are those Miami Dolphins sitting at 2-0? Man, they're legit at all three phases on both sides of the football. You look at them, their offensive line, even without Teron Armstead, they control the line of scrimmage. Raheem Mostert can still – guys, 31 years of age and still can run a 4-3-40. He's Lola, a genetic marvel. And then you got what they're able to do with Tua Tungavailoa and the wide receivers and the tight ends, and I think they're only going to get better defensively. They can get out to the quarterback of Bradley Chubb. Their linebackers, you don't have to take them off the field. The secondary can plaster the wide receivers. And believe me, the Chargers had their way the first three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, the Dolphins shut them down. And the Pages were never able to get into a rhythm. So, yeah, it's been close, but you expect them to play. The Chargers' offense is really good, and division games on the road are always hard to play. 
but I don't have any doubt in my mind. The Dolphins are 2-0. Yeah, they're real compared to their record. Yeah, I'm going to go real as well. And I think one of the scariest things for the National Football League right now is two things when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. Them getting that run game going, which they did versus the New England Patriots, and Mike McDaniel being consistent with that run game and letting it open up more things in the pass game. And Tua showing that he can methodically work the football down the field and take what the defense gives him. But then secondly, this defense getting comfortable yeah. in Vic Vangio's system. I'm telling you right now, if those, those two things are consistent – then this is going to be a scary football team to deal with across the National Football League. All right, the next team on the list, Harry, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, currently sitting at 2-0, real or not real? How real are them Bucks? I'm going to go not real at the moment. Um, I do like their defense. I want to know how their offense against stellar competition is going to fare up. Because we can't forget last year, one of the things that plagued them was a lot of their guys are a, a bit older. So I want to see versus a top-notch opponent versus uh, versus an elite defense, how is Baker Mayfield going to look in that manner? So I'm going to go not real right now. Yeah, me too. That mother- back there is not real. Exactly. <laughs> what she said as far as that goes. Nice start by Baker Mayfield trying to resuscitate his career once again. He and Mike Evans have that synergy. There's no doubt about that. Mike Evans looked like the Mike Evans that we thought we would see a lot last year. He had a case of the dropsies too many times to Tom Brady, his quarterback. But to your point, Harry, Philadelphia, New Orleans, the next two weeks. Philadelphia on Monday night and then New Orleans on Sunday right after that. So, yeah, they can think they're good all they want, especially offensively. They're about to run in some bras on the defensive sides in Philadelphia, New Orleans. I'll say right now the Buccaneers, there's no bleeping way they're real. They're not real at 2-0. <laughs> That mother- back there is not real. <laughs> it makes me laugh all so the time. Much. <laughs> all right, all right, Freddie. Gets old. Next team on the list, Freddie. Baltimore Ravens. It's not stop, stop, stop. Two and zero. Stop, 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 stop. Yes, move on. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm go a hell yes because you look at just this weekend when you're down Marcus Williams, you're down two offensive linemen, you're down your running back. And Odell Beckham Jr. goes out in the game, and they're still dominant in their performance. And Lamar Jackson is getting more comfortable within this offense, going against a real live defense consistently. Oh, my goodness. If Lamar Jackson stays healthy, that's mm-hmm. one of the things that's that's been proven. The last two years, this team was in a glorious situation before Lamar Jackson got hurt. If he stays healthy, sky's the limit. And the best thing about Lamar Jackson He's not running just because he feels like it. He's running when he has to to extend yep. drives. I go to that final run play he had to get that first down. He wasn't forced to run. He didn't decide to run because he didn't look down the field. He was very judicious with that. And the most important thing is he got down before the contact could knock his block off mm-hmm. because too many times I thought he either tried to outrun people or at times tried to prove how tough he is. Hey, Lamar, you got the Broadway play role. You're going to be nominated for lead actor in the Broadway play for best actor. You don't need to prove anything to anybody. You passed the audition. When I see that, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to continue to see that, and I said before the season got started, if I could pick one team that could legitimately challenge Kansas City and the AFC, I said, keep an eye on the Baltimore Ravens. I know people talk about Cincinnati. And they talk about Buffalo. But they have what you want. They can play defense. They can stop the run. They can stay wide receivers. And now they got a quarterback that understands exactly in that offense, hey, that's what running backs do. I can help the running game, but I got to push the ball down the field. And if it's not there, then my legs can get me out of trouble and not have that be plan A a lot of the time when it comes to Lamar Jackson. All 
right, we got a bonus one here because I know going into the season, most people felt as if the Eagles and the Niners were the two best teams in the NFC going into the season. So, mm -hmm. Harry, I'll ask you, Eagles and Niners both currently sit at 2-0. and Right now, which one has been the better team so far? I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, you talk about a complete football team, offense, defensively. Brock Purdy has looked really good. Not to say Jalen Hurts hasn't. I just think they've had a little bit more challenges from an offensive standpoint. And understanding that teams are going to play them and not allow them to just take shots when they want to. So it's going to be more so of that, okay, how can we be patient? We have to lean on this run game a lot more. And that's one of the things I think they figured out versus the Minnesota Vikings, that why are we continuously passing this football around when we have a guy over there as a defensive coordinator in Brian Flores, mm -hmm. who's a disciple of Bill Belichick and is also not going to let us do the things that we want to do in which we face in week one. So – I think they will be better, but right now I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Me too with the 49ers, but I will say this about the Philadelphia Eagles. They found their identity last Thursday. Whatever they were trying in game one and the first half of game two, they said, what do we do best? We run the damn football. And they put a 259 burger on the Vikings defense who could not stop the run. And that's what they're going to do. It makes their quarterback better. It makes their defense better. But I also will say this about the Eagles and 49ers being 2-0. We can make a case right now that the NFC is better than the AFC. And coming into this season, I don't think anybody thought we would have that conversation. The NFC has seven teams, at least 2-0. Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders, and the NFC Beast. You got the NFC South with the Atlanta Falcons, the Saints, and the Buccaneers, and the 49ers and NFC West. The only two teams in the AFC that are 2-0 right now are the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens. You can make a case right now that the NFC is deeper and have been better in the first two weeks than a loaded, not watered-down AFC. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. Don't forget to hit us up anytime you want the Freddie and Harry hotline at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Are we really going to try to answer the question if this could be the last year for Justin Fields as a quarterback with the Chicago Bears? <gasps> what in the name of Jim McMahon is going on? The Freddie and Harry Podcast. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Zach Wilson of New York Jets has the worst QBR in the NFL. You know it's the second worst quarterback in terms of QBR? Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears. Yikes. He's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. She's not an FOS friend of the show. She's an SOS sister of the show. She is Courtney Cronin, does a great job at ESPN Bears Report, also catching around the horn, and here on Twitter, at Courtney R. Cronin. Courtney, we're going to start right there with Justin Fields. The narrative right now seems to be that he is on his last legs in Chicago this year as the quarterback. What have you heard? Well, it doesn't look good right now. I mean, you have a 27-game sample size over three seasons with Justin Fields, and you put his stats side-by-side with Mitchell Trubisky's stats, guys, for his first 27 games, and it's eerily similar, and actually it feels worse. And it feels right now like Fields has regressed from where he was last season, showing some promise, certainly at the midway point when they started designing some quarterback runs for him and putting him in better situations to attack defenses, even if he had to do a lot of that on his own, given the personnel limitations they had last year, which is why it feels like that shouldn't have been a problem for him. They upgraded the receiving core. They went out and got him a number one in DJ Moore. They fixed some of their pass protection issues, yet the same issues for Justin Fields keep popping up. And if you're looking at this and thinking, okay, two-game, you know, 0-2 start, whatever, like they'll eventually climb out of it, they're 11-and-a-half-point underdogs at Kansas City this week. And this losing streak isn't just starting this year. They ended last year on a 10-game losing streak. So it's snowballing into the 2023 season when things were supposed to be different for Justin Fields in this offense, and they just aren't right now. And Courtney, from your standpoint and some of the things that you have witnessed and seen up close and in person, what's the biggest issue with the Bears' offense so far? And can, do you think it could be fixed? Well, for starters, like what, what do we not see from Justin Fields? We haven't seen his rushing ability, which, of course, like Lamar Jackson, there's two players in the NFL, the quarterback position, that can destroy you with their legs. There's some reasons for that. He's facing a ton of zone coverage through these first two games. So that takes away his rushing lanes. But they're not designing them. They're not calling those plays. The league's number one rushing offense from a year ago is null and void. And when Justin Fields is in a situation – with this offense where he can't throw the ball downfield, he's choosing not to throw the ball downfield, he's not seeing things downfield for whatever reason, 
they don't have that fail safe to lean on. And that's a problem. And that's what's gotten them in a situation where they haven't scored more than two touchdowns in a game in these first two games. And you can't win like that when you don't have a defense to bail you out either. I, I just, there's so much inconsistency here, Harry. Like they go back to, you go back to the first drive. You're on script. Okay. We know they have 15, 20 plays. They've scripted those things. And then when and then that led to a touchdown, they go off that. Their next six drives average 2.1 yards per play and less than 80 yards total. That's awful. And then you go to the, the touchdown drive where Chase Claypool got involved, and it's a tight window throw. It was perfectly executed, perfectly blocked up front. And you wonder, why can't you see more of that? The inconsistencies are a serious issue here, and it does fall on the quarterback, but it also falls on play calling in the situations that they aren't putting Justin Fields in. Great stuff by Courtney Cronin. Also, not just an ESPN Bears reporter, but also co-host of the best week ever on ESPN Radio each and every Sunday. She joins Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Based on what you just said, why do I get the sense that this continues, that potentially Justin Fields could be the fall guy? Because he wasn't drafted by the staff. That's the that's where the buck stops because they have that extra first round pick next year that they got from Carolina in the trade for the number one overall pick. And we know that with first round quarterbacks, that third year spot is kind of the decided you have to make a decision. You have to come away with information this year to show you it's working or it's not. He's hit his ceiling or there's more to go. And if they if they have an answer to where Justin Fields isn't the guy, they're going to have to move on because they're in year two of a rebuild. They can't afford to go take a step back to where they have to like start over um, in a lot of respects uh, later rather than sooner. So if they do have to do that, they've got to pull the plug at the end of this season because Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, they've been given the vote of confidence from ownership to do things their way. But if their way – which is at having Justin Fields at quarterback right now, if that doesn't work out, then they've got to eject uh, as soon as the season's over and, and try to find his replacement. Yeah, and the eye-opening part to all of this is that they own Carolina's first-round draft pick, and both of these teams within the Panthers and the Bears, don't look things don't look very promising. So they may have two top five picks mm. in the 2024 <laughs> NFL draft from the just – Going off the way things have looked so far in week two, but that defense, you talked about that Bears defense. They brought over some guys. They're trying to, you know, build this thing out, and they need some more players. What have you seen from the defense so far? They've got one sack in two games, and they don't pressure the quarterback with anything other than their front four. They, like, had barely a 20% blitz percentage this week against Tampa Bay. It's, there's no excuse that Baker Mayfield's so slippery that you like can't bring him down. Unique Ngakwe like had two two should have been sacks that weren't. It's just not it's not a good situation for the defensive side of the ball either, guys. They've got to find adjustments to that. Great stuff as always, Courtney. Man, keep up the great work, my sister. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Take care. Great stuff by Courtney Cronin, ESPN Bears reporter. Like we mentioned, joining the best week ever on ESPN Radio. Always hit us up on Twitter at Courtney R. Cronin. With Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit us on Twitter anytime you want at Coleman ESPN and at HDouglas83. So no Nick Chubb, maybe for the rest of his career in Cleveland. What does that mean for the man who's going to make a lot of money to try to make sure that does not go wrong? That's next on Freddie and Harry. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. 
the Freddie and Harry podcast.